we don't want to bring misery, uh, but we want to bring truth. We want to bring honest conversations that may lead us through some painful things um, that'll lead us to freedom. of the Spiritual Formation Society of Arizona. Season 4. The Church is Dying. Or is it? And welcome back, friends, to Taste and See, a podcast of the Spiritual Formation Society of Arizona. It has been a little while since you heard from us. Season three was last, and we are beginning today, uh, season four, and I'm so excited to be here with you. A couple of introductions. My name is Gray. I am the pastor of Ascension Church of Phoenix, which is located right in the middle, central Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, thanks, Gray. It's good to be back again doing another season with you, and I'm Ted, the director of the Spiritual Formation Society of Arizona, and as we move into this new season, uh, the, this season is going to have an umbrella over it, uh, a title to it, that's going to guide conversations that we're having with each other and with guests. And the title of this season is The Church is Dying, or Is It? And the idea for this really came from an article uh, from Chuck DeGroat. And the, the title of the article, we're actually going to have him as a guest coming up. The title of the article was stewarding the death of the American church. Pretty provocative title. I love that you added the dot, dot, dot there and even waited for us in suspense. Um, so it is clickbait, but it's also not, right? So we're going to have nuanced discussions. I think that's going to be part of it, Ted, is to say, you know, a lot of people say a lot of things about the church negatively and rightfully so, right? There's, there's reason for sadness. There's reason for you know, deep discussion and looking at, you know, what's actually happening here. There's certainly problems and, and, and perhaps increasing problems that we need to address. And yet we're also going to hold in balance, of course, that this is God's church. The gates of hell do not prevail against it and, and on and on. So very excited for season four with you. Yeah, me too. I, I think we want to have honest conversations and not uh, pretend like there aren't challenges and pretend like there's perhaps things that are dying, but also hold on to hope. And so in the tradition of Taste and See where we actually have a meal together, this season is gonna be the breakfast season. We're gonna have breakfast together every time. It may be breakfast at breakfast time, it may be breakfast for lunch, breakfast for dinner, breakfast in the afternoon, but we're gonna have breakfast. Breakfast is never wrong. I I don't think so, because I I know one of my favorite meals in the evening with my family when they were growing up was um, breakfast for dinner. That was always fun. Um, but, But the idea of having breakfast comes from John 21. And it's there, John 21, you might remember that Jesus has a conversation and it looks like it's right there at breakfast this conversation of do you love me and he says you know i love you do you love me and it's this back and forth do you love me more than these and it was really an invitation from jesus to uh, let go of the attachment to some things 
that were maybe clouding or blocking his love for and attachment to Jesus. And I think that's probably part of the conversation that we're going to have to have as we talk about the nature of the church is what are some things we need to let go? What are some things we need to let die? But in the context of death, burial, resurrection, that there's always hope. And so we want to have breakfast together as a bit of a, a nod and a recognition that as we're talking about these hard things, it's always in the context of resurrection and hope. You know, in spiritual formation circles, we often emphasize Jesus' command to come and rest, right? Come away with me and rest. Jesus often pulled away from the crowds, these types of invitations. We don't always emphasize that he says to come and do some other things. And one of those is come and have breakfast, uh, which is a beautiful invitation. Actually, I was just watching this uh, TV show that came out on Hulu recently um, called The Old Man, and it's, it's a very intense uh, show. It's got lots of action, you know, suspense, so be warned, and some language, so, you know, all the typical warnings there. Uh, but it's a great show, and there's a, there's a scene in it that stuck out to me of one of the female characters is talking about her hard life, and she says, you know, one of the things when, my, when I was having a hard day was my mom would just stop everything and not say anything, but just make scrambled eggs. And somehow that made everything better, or it made it a little bit better, she said. And so I thought that was a beautiful image, you know, just stopping, making scrambled eggs. We all know this experience. Sometimes when life is getting out of control, when we have big questions, you know, have you eaten recently? And um, we stop, we eat, you know, breakfast food is amazing. And somehow everything is a little bit better. We can see clearer. And the reason, of course, is because we're dependent creatures. We're made to need things. We're made to be dependent on food. And of course, Scripture says that we're made that way because we're, we're made to depend on God. We're made to, to feed on Him, to have a life in Him. And, and so bread being that image of man is not to live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of the, of the Lord. So we need food. We need God. And it's been our practice here to tie the two together, as Scripture does very often. Yeah, oh, I love that. I didn't know you'd been watching that show on Hulu. I, I watched it too, and it is intense. Uh, and, and if I remember right, so that woman tells that story, and then doesn't the male lead then cook her scrambled A little eggs? later in the show, yeah. something bad comes up, and he stops everything and doesn't say a word, and he makes her scrambled eggs. And so it's a beautiful... Yeah, yeah, tie in. Yeah, I love it. Okay, well, so we're going to eat. We're going to stop the recording here and have something to eat. And this morning, uh, alongside a, a cup of black coffee that each of us have, um, we're having breakfast burritos. And uh, it's from a place called 32 Shea. I think probably sometime in the last couple of seasons we had something from there. But it's 32 Shea, and it's their Mexican breakfast burrito. So uh, yeah. let's dive in. Thank you for joining us on the Taste and See podcast, a podcast of the Spiritual Formation Society of Arizona. Our vision for the Spiritual Formation Society of Arizona is to create space for leaders and learners to grow in deeping intimacy with God. Check out sfsaz.org for more information and resources, and consider joining us at an upcoming event. Now back to the podcast.
right, well, that was good. That was some good. Uh, Did not disappoint. Good food. Yeah, so good. And that green, the green sauce, kind of the green yeah. salsa. Uh, I think we're inspiring the hundreds of millions of people who listen to this podcast to go out and uh, get a, get a burrito right now. <laughs> oh man, a breakfast burrito. Yes, and it was like eggs, kind of a spicy bacon maybe. There mm-hmm. might have been a little spicy sausage, mm-hmm. avocado, potatoes, maybe a little cheese in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Simple. Good. Yeah. Well, as we enter into this season, we want to take some time today and uh, overview uh, a bit of what we're going to talk about, talk about some of the guests that we're going to have, some of the topics that we're going to be walking through. And one of the things that we would love to do this season is have some more interaction from you guys, from, from listeners. And so we've set up social media channels on both Instagram and Facebook. So as we post episodes and uh, post announcements on those uh, pages, we would love to get your questions and love to get some input from you all. Or what, what are some questions you have as we walk through this season? So those are things that we can bring to some of the upcoming conversations. Yeah, it's always a good idea to do that on the ground floor uh, too. When we first start doing something like this, it has kind of a slower start probably. So if you put a question on there, we're very much likely to see it and be willing to respond to it. So question, observation, what about this? What about that when it comes to the church in America? We'd love to hear what you're thinking. Yeah, and you know, I think we can definitely agree that there's something happening in the church. You know, Chuck DeGroat's article names it as death, and we'll be talking to him actually on our next episode about that. Um, there's massive change. Um, you know, some of the things that seem very clear is that there are a variety of responses. There seems to be a lot of fear, anxiety, anger, despair. And we want to be real about acknowledging that, naming that, and yet having the underlying uh, part of our conversation be about hope. Uh, Because I believe deeply, Gray, that whatever's going on, it's not the end. Whatever's going on, uh, the church, truly, the church will never die. It can't. Um, uh, Jesus said clearly the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, right? So I, I think there's And it's his body, right? And yeah. what, what happens to his body? It gets preserved forever. He is the eternal God, right? Yeah. There's, so. so there's reason for, there's reason for hope. And yet I, I think part of the invitation of this season will be, uh, are we going to notice what God is up to in the midst of all this? and trust him. Yeah, and learn to grieve and let some things go and embrace where we are and be honest and all the things that are alongside of something that's dying, right? Or in some senses dying. And, uh, and yet doesn't mean it's the end of everything. One, uh, one question I wanted to ask you, uh, this may come out of left field a little bit, but how much of this topic or whatever comes from a COVID type thing or a pandemic type response of the church? You know, we all kind of identify that as a shift of the last couple of years and a, a big event that has caused, you know, pe- people say, well, during the pandemic, this happened and my numbers went 
here, you know, and uh, people lost their faith more, deconstructed more, th this type of thing. How much of that was a event that caused versus an event that revealed, you know, underlying, dying, yeah. hard things in the church yeah. in your mind? You know, I, I think revealed is a good word. I, I don't think that it caused anything. I think it just revealed things. Maybe another word is that all that happened in those couple of years accelerated things that were already present. Um, so, uh, yeah, we can blame things on COVID <laughs> in a sense, but the truth is, uh, or I shouldn't say the truth, the way I would look at it and understand it is that probably uh, COVID just opened a lot of things up and the pandemic and just all the conversations that we were having around um, racial issues and justice and politics, all these things just kind of opened up things that were already there. Is that how, how are you thinking about it? Absolutely. I agree with you completely. And I want to be careful how we talk about this. We never want to talk about something that brings death and destruction as a gift, right? And I think there's a there's a there's a stake in the ground that we need to put, which is to say, dying is not good, right? But death is the enemy, it's the last enemy to be destroyed, you know, at the end of time. And everlasting life is God's greatest gift, right? So death is not good. And yet at the same time, death being, perhaps we'll get into this discussion more as we go along, but there are things to notice in it and things that are gifts along the way and also opportunities for connection with God, for growth, for, um, for living in reality. So I think while I would never speak about the last couple of years as a gift, it does reveal things that were deficient and that are now opportunities for us to walk in maybe a new way of, of understanding. One of the things that Jesus said that come back to me as we have this whole conversation is in Luke 9 where he said, if you try to save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life, you will save it. And you know, the idea of save there is protect or preserve. If you try to hold on to what you hold dear, you're going to end up losing it. But if you're willing to let go of things that perhaps you've held dear, you will end up finding life. And, and maybe that's part of the invitation in this as well is what are things that need to be let go of? What are things that can be and should be released? And are there things that we're trying to hold on to? Things that, uh, for however it's come to this place, uh, things that maybe the Lord is inviting us to let go of so that something new can emerge, so that something new can be birthed, so there can be a resurrection of, of something. And, and, and I think, you know, part of what we might explore even in this season is thinking about the nature of the church. Really, what is the church? And I, and I think any good theologian would tell you, well, it's the body of Christ. It's the fellowship of believers. And yet, for many of us, we associate church with a place, with an institution, so to speak. And, and, and none of those things are bad. Um, but there could be some forms 
and some trappings around the true nature of the church that are dying or shifting. And uh, I think that's part of what we'll talk about with Chuck is, is stewarding uh, the letting go of some things. Mm. Yeah, what's really interesting, Ted, is what we really do perceive of as loss, right? So in other words, if a church can't raise $500,000 to build a basketball gym, for instance, I'm just pull that totally out of the hat, and there's nothing wrong with churches building basketball gyms, but is it a loss if that's not happening, or, or maybe if that were, weren't to happen, or if you weren't able to secure a location for your church, or if you weren't able to... Um, you know, achieve some kind of big take the hill next thing in your ministry design. How much do we perceive that as a loss versus asking the questions of what has driven some of these questions and these desires in the first place? And really, I think that's what we're trying to do is just pull back the cover and not reveal that there's nothing there because the church is a thing. You know, sometimes when people talk about the church and they say, well, it's not a building, it's not an institution. And I know what you meant by that. Sometimes it's like, it's not a thing. It's really just individual believers. No, it's, it is a community called out, right? That's what right. the word means. Ecclesia church means the called out ones. There, it exists as a community. It is a real thing. But what comprises it? What are the dangers of, of identifying you know, what makes up the church and, and what doesn't? And, and can we tease some of that out? Yeah, and I, you're right. I think the questions, it's asking the right questions. And that's an issue of discernment and ultimately discerning what is God doing? How is God present with us in this? And often our default can be if something is painful or not going how we thought it would, then it's bad and God's not in it. Versus, okay, this is the reality of where things are. Lord, how are you in this? How do you want us to be with you in this at this time? One thing I want to pull out from that, what you just said, Ted, is also longevity is one thing, meaning Christ Church is growing and is present in the world and it will always exist and has always existed. But that does not mean that any individual thing about it or expression of it yes. is going to be continual. So in other words, uh, really churches have a life cycle. And now I'm speaking of an individual church. We're talking about the church broadly, but just think for a moment about a local congregation. Is it a wrong thing that churches have a life cycle? Uh, they have a beginning, a plant, maybe a lot of energy. Let's, let's say this is a healthy church that was planted and uh, it, it grows and maybe has an impact on the community. Uh, it settles in for a little while. Maybe some of the leadership, there starts some tensions, you know, start. Then maybe they have a period of just kind of figuring out what it is that they're called to do. Maybe some regrowth happens from that. Maybe a rebirth happens from the vision and the mission of some of those ashes. And, and, and this, this kind of goes on and on. Maybe the church gets a little older. Maybe the church down the street is a younger church and they start attracting some more members and have a bigger impact in the community. And now, you know, those who are older, who are at the, this first church, they have to go through a season of, of dying, literally, some of the members dying. Um, and, and dying as an institution at that local place. This is describing pretty much every church that's ever existed. So this life cycle does exist, even, even for those churches that are historic and ancient. You know, um, I was talking to a, a, a pastor in New York a couple weeks ago, 
who is at a historic church in New York, and you know they have a 175-year history or something like that. And yet, I asked him a little bit about his story, and he said, you know, when I got here 14 years ago, there were eight people. <laughs> and, you know, these people were just keeping the lights on this huge building. And so he, he started, you know, meeting with them. He start, they started to grow. Now it's a very, it's a thriving church. But what I wanted to say is that's not the same church, right? It's in the building, right, where, you, where it met. But it's really not the same church. They even changed denominations. Um, so churches have a life cycle. Um, and, you know, people do decline in their, in their lives and, and die. And the Christian faith speaks to that, not just as a thing that needs to be avoided or, you know, I, I said it's the enemy, and that's true, that there will be no death at some point. But... Yeah. But in the dying, God has resources for us. He has a life and a vision for us. And that is an important part of ministry. You know, we need people to walk along, alongside those who are dying. Yeah. I, you know, as you share that, I think about a church that I was a part of several years ago. And, uh, and the church had been around for a long time. And uh, it, it kind of became apparent to me that it felt like perhaps... I was on staff at this church, one of the pastors, and it felt like maybe this church is at the end of its life cycle. And, uh, and, and to me, that felt like, okay, well, maybe that's, maybe that's what's happening. And, kind of what we're doing here, honesty, just acknowledge yeah, and, it. Yeah. And I had a conversation actually with one of the leaders in the church who'd been there for a long time, and it was just not a conversation that this person wanted to have. I mean, it was just shut down immediately. And I think about you know the the correlate or the comparison uh, that you were making with an individual physical person dying, and how often when you get to the end of life, they don't want to talk about it. The family doesn't want to talk about it. It's so clear, but you just want to hold on. And and I think sometimes in those situations, it can rob. Uh, the opportunity to celebrate and to have those moments while this person is leaving this physical plane and, and with the church as well to think, because this particular church I'm thinking of, wonderful history. I mean, huge impact, had planted lots of churches involved in, in funding missions all over the world, beautiful stuff. And could it have been uh, an opportunity to celebrate all that stuff rather than just trying to hold on for dear life. And, and that church is still around and it's fine and, and, and all that, but it's, it's a different way of looking at things to realize that um, uh, the body of Christ, the church, is bigger than an individual congregation. And uh, we are stewards of these individual expressions for as long as the Lord is leading us to and has us doing it. That's so beautifully said, Ted, and I think that in a similar way in this podcast, we can come alongside the dying parts of the church, right? Not the death of the church itself, as, a, as in Christ's body here on earth, but the death of some parts of the American church that, honestly, we just need to have some of those conversations, you know? Yeah. And it's... It's not, it's not only opportunities for growth and um, good things, but it also it just it helps emotionally and psychologically, right, to say, can we name what's really happening here? And so yeah. when, I, when I think about that, 
I'd love to hear your thoughts first. Like, what are what are some of those conversations uh, that we need to have with the dying part of the American church that come to your mind when you think what what are the types of conversations we need to have? I I think we need to uh, talk about divisions in the church. It's mm. huge. That's that's hurting the church right now. Mm. Um, hurt and abuse. A lot of people are. Um, really being honest and having honest conversations about uh, abusive ministries and abusive theology, or at least theology being used in abusive ways. Um, I think those are some of the conversations. A deconstruction of faith. Um, I, think, I think those are a lot of the uh, realities. Yeah. What, what, what else do you have? What comes to my mind, Ted, is, is just kind of this question of digital and technological innovation within the church. So can church exist online? Uh, you know, can, is, is that a good development or, or not? Um, also just recognizing alongside that, that there's cultural shifts going on. There are deep seated problems in our country about uh, race and there are um, political and ideological battles being fought on YouTube and and a lot of people are getting it from there and 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 where does the church kind of fit in with some of those yeah absolutely I, I think you know thinking about um, uh, sexual identity issues um, uh, is, is something that uh, churches need to um, think well about and most churches don't um, would be my observation and I think it's hurting the church uh, because we're not thinking well about those things. So that's so much, Ted. I mean, you know, whatever this season is going to be, 10 episodes, 11 episodes, whatever we end up deciding to do, of course, what we're not presenting here is like the re-survival guide of the church, you know, that we're just going to lay out the exact, you know, 10-step process to recover the church. Uh, in many ways, we're moving away from that kind of thinking at all, right? We are asking questions. We are trying to listen. We are walking with the Lord. We are listening to people. And we're gonna have a lot of guests on that have experiences in the church, leadership in the church, um, and, and asking them kind of where they are. And I think it's gonna be more of a, a scattershot approach, right? Where we, we ask a lot of these questions and we invite you to also give your, your thoughts as well. Yeah, as you share that, Gray, it makes me think, um, sit down, have a meal, have a conversation, ask some good questions. And uh, that might be just a huge part of what is going to guide us through all the changes that are coming. And uh, maybe there's no better um, foundational sort of thing than to say, we need to ask good questions because that leads us to a place of discernment, to a place of looking to the Lord and asking the Spirit to lead us. And I think in all of this, what we've kind of been setting up is that a lot of this is about letting go. And, and if we go back to John 21, where Jesus says, come, let's have breakfast. And then he talks to Peter, is basically inviting Peter to let go of his attachment to all these other things and just to love him. And at the end of it, he says, okay, you love me, feed my sheep. And he brings it to this really simple place of feed my sheep, feed my sheep. 
And so we may reflect on that as we go throughout the season of what does it look like to let go of things so that there might be some feeding of the sheep going on mm. in churches. And, and letting go is painful. And at the same time, I think the pain of letting go of some things, it, it may be more analogous to the pain we experience when we work out, <laughs> when we go to the gym. Mm. It's, it's painful and sometimes it hurts to um, work out muscles that haven't been worked out to maybe even some of it's a physical therapy kind of thing where we're healing from some things. It hurts. It hurts. Um, but it can be a good hurt. And I think as we walk through this, it, it can be a good hurt to let go of what the Lord is leading us to let go of. And it's not like just getting kicked in the shins, <laughs> you know, randomly or whatever. Um, but there can be some goodness. And I'll, I'll throw this out um, as we kind of bring this episode to a close. Um, uh, I remember when all of us were watching Ted Lasso last year, what was that, season two? Mm-hmm. And um, there's a line. Emmy award-winning show. Oh, yes. There's a line in that where um, it said, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. So great. Yeah. I actually just put that quote on social media, I think, the next morning, and everybody was, was knew exactly where it came from. And, and so that was in that, that show, Ted Lasso, but it, it probably even goes back to some spiritual wisdom that people have been saying for years. In fact, I think it was Richard War who said, the truth will set you free, but first it will make you miserable. Hmm. Same idea. And, and I think we don't want to bring misery, uh, but we want to bring truth. We want to bring honest conversations that may lead us through some painful things um, that'll lead us to freedom. Sometimes, Ted, I think that there can be such a release when you realize the freedom that we have. In other words, for you burdened pastor out there who's thinking like, I have to, I have to learn all the latest technology, otherwise my church will not survive and you know, we will not adapt to the future. To be able to hear it say, well, do you? you know, to act, just to ask that question, are the things that you're doing, do you need to do them? And, and some of those things are burdensome. Right? Some of those things are, are not the gentle life that Jesus has invited us into. And they run against the grain of what Jesus has invited us into. And so we can find a freedom not just in saying, well, that was hard and painful. And now on the other side, I see that it was probably good to take my medicine. But it's actually like, really? Like, I don't have to do all the things that maybe I've been pressured into in this church environment that we exist in. Yeah, I think a good word for this season is hope. That's what we want. I think at the end of it, the prayer would be um, that there's a little bit of hope, maybe sometimes a lot of hope that comes out of each episode and certainly by the end of the season. Um, Hope, freedom, but we know that to get there, we wanna have honest conversations. We wanna talk about things that we need to talk about. And there could be times, Gray, where we're gonna have slightly different perspectives. You know? Yeah, we haven't introduced a lot of internal conflict on the show between Ted and I, uh, mostly because we love each other and we agree on so many things and we don't even know. We, we have other guests coming on. We'll have lots of conversations going on. These are tense topics. Perhaps we don't see things the right way, but 
I know for a fact that, that we will be loving and listening to each other in those moments because we're trying to embody that, you know, with the whole church. Yeah, we're, we're, we're seeking to just sit, have breakfast, ask questions, and turn our hearts towards listening to the Lord. And, um, you know, with Taste and See, there's a couple of things connected to that. One is we're going to taste a meal together and see how good it tastes. And today's was pretty good. Um, and the other piece is we always want to offer some kind of practice uh, so that we're tasting and experiencing God in a particular way. And I thought with this first episode, we would start with the welcome prayer. So the welcome prayer is a prayer of trusting God with what is. Being willing to welcome anything that comes our way as a place to experience God, to listen to Him, to be formed by Him. So I'm going to offer this prayer and just have a moment of silence after the prayer and then we'll, we'll close out our time for today. And, and just as a reminder, uh, be checking out social media, Instagram, Facebook, and let us know your questions and uh, let us know your thoughts as you're listening. Uh, and we're not all gonna see things the same, so we'd love to have wonderful, honest uh, conversations. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me today because I know it's for my healing. I welcome all thoughts, feelings, emotions, persons, situations, and conditions. I let go of my desire for power and control. I let go of my desire for affection, esteem, approval, and pleasure. I let go of my desire for survival and security. I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself, I open to the love and presence of God and God's healing action within. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ted. Thank you, dear friends, for listening. Uh, we are excited for where this is going to go. You know, as you were praying and just before that, as you were talking about hope, Ted, I was thinking, you know, we should mention this is the real structure of the whole Christian life, which is that there is death. And after the death is a resurrection from the dead and life everlasting. And that is not only a fact of what Jesus did and not only a promise of what will be true for us physically, eternally, but it's also a pattern for how God teaches us how to live. He teaches us that unless the seed dies, goes into the ground and dies, then nothing will sprout from it. It's more than just the promise of the future. It's also the pattern for how we live our lives. When we look at the Christian church now, we need to lean, lean into that pattern. There is some death around us, but it's also the seed that God is using to grow what he wants to grow next. And I think being attentive to that, watching it, is where we're gonna see our growth. 
Um, and so that's our hope for this season. Thank you for joining us, friends. My name is Gray. I'm so happy to be with my friend's head. Check out sfsaz.org for more resources. If you need a spiritual director, uh, if you'd like to see upcoming events, thank you, friends, for joining us. Thank you.